0: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks. Presented and curated by Adam Hopkinson.
1: This is the LDTRT podcast, Let's Do the Right Thing. Brought in conjunction with Passion Media and Radio Works, it was set up to tell the story of people who are going in their own way in the media industries. I launched a media agency this year, Passion, to focus on fashion, entertainment, and leisure verticals, and I've had loads of great advice along the way in doing so, a lot of them from guests on this podcast. This podcast has, however, morphed over the last couple of years, as I'm more interested in now is what's changed for media and marketing professionals and how they are addressing the changes in consumer behavior, whilst launching an agency and still on the mission to gather best advice. Really psyched today to have Kevin Tuis-Allen today talking to us, who pretty much embodies all of the sectors that we're in focused on as a media agency, and whilst at the same time creating thumb-stopping content. And I am stealing this, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Stolen very well. Uh, thank you. It's gone. It's done. Um, where do you want to start? I mean, we, we could go down the the theme that's been building over recent podcasts around sustainability through work. We could go through giving back to communities with street soccer. We could talk about radio production at Radio 1, taking all my money as head of marketing for HMV in the early noughties, or, and I mean it, all of my money. Yeah. Um, being instrumental um, and being a, a master to the musical choices that I've made, in fact. And, and, <laughs> uh, an advisor to number 10, a dad of two.
2: I mean, uh, where do you want to start? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I get asked two questions when I do Um, either keynote speeches or podcasts around the world. And um, the first one's normally is, how do you create a sustainable brand? Because obviously with Winston Churchill Board, he's 29 years in. And and the second one is basically, um, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Which is a killer question, because if you could go and revisit yourself at 18, what you'd tell yourself can be... And in slight horrifying because the truth is gonna hurt to some degrees and secondly you're going to give yourself a bit of a a slap around the head to say right let's focus this down today because life will be gone very quickly yes so the first one's interesting so that i had a friend who was working in bromley <clears throat> which is where churchill car insurance is still yep and they had a brief. They said that to four creative agencies. I was nineteen at the time. I didn't even know what a creative agency was, or what the word creative was, or what this M word cause is was called marketing. Um, and the brief was quite simple. We have no female first time car insurers on the books. We want a heritage brand around Great Britain because we're British and we're very proud. And we just need to clean up. Really, that was literally, it was a two-page, a two-liner on a one-page. It was ridiculous. And I was like, that's the brief? And I was like, yep. I was like, okay. So a couple of days later, come back and say, I've got it. So I'm going to create a puppy, and he's going to be called Winston. And she said to me, why Winston? I said, because Churchill. Winston Churchill. And she said, Oh. That's a famous person. See, so he's a really famous Prime Minister. So the heritage <laughs> tick box is, you know. Yeah. And he's a cartoon and probably a nodding dog. Because they were really a big thing at the time. Yep. People would put nodding dogs Well, they at the were a really big cars. thing afterwards. I mean, yeah. yeah. And and just and he would have a oh no yeah, oh, type yes. of voice. <laughs> and she said, Well, why is that going to be relatable to female car sure, that are uh, thinking about I Because it's a puppy. Everybody loves a puppy dog. And it's the cutest British bulldog in the world. And you're just going to fall in love with him. And she said, okay, let me speak to my CEO. CEO went, absolutely amazing, smashed it. There's some money, put it in your CV for the rest of your life, signed your door over, boom. If only I'd have known. Yeah. If what only. that? What that would? And people say, "Well, how do you recreate stuff like that?" I said, "Well, when you look at the Meerkat brands, I said, and really, all I did was there's is no such thing as a new idea. The Andrex toilet puppy in the '80s mm-hmm. is iconic for me because I I just loved toilet yeah. roll because of the dog. And do you know, I,
1: I haven't thought about them for a long time, but yeah, it, it, the image is strong. So. Yeah,
2: I mean, sometimes, and not in all cases, but animals are great investors in the front of a brand vehicle for an advertising perspective. Uh, they kind of harmonise audiences. The kind of take-away. I mean, car insurance kind of is one of those boring things apart from funeral directors that you could possibly run in the world right so you put something more fun or acceptable or meaningful in front of it made it relatable and shareable
1: so if we're gonna have an animal on the, the front of a funeral director's what what would that be?
2: Oh uh, probably a unicorn <laughs> <laughs> resurrection or a phoenix burning a phoenix, a fire. yeah, that would be that'd be on.
1: pretty pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And can we still do this now? Because the you know, the, the, the way that people's behaviour has changed over the years and the consumption of media. y twenty nine years ago when, when you when you launched Churchill, there were only a couple of T V stations, you know, right. there, there wasn't the the internet in the in the way that it is at the minute, the platforms weren't there. So you you could create something big and
2: powerful and engage with people. Can we still do that now? Yeah, I mean, it's become harder because the amount of choice and per channel is. But I think what everybody forgets, and I, I talk a lot about this in the world and with the current companies that I'm running, Audience is everything, because if you kind of don't know who you're talking to in the first instance, and the best way is to separate is Gen Z, millennials, and I call parents, which yep. I now am. So because they are three different ways of advertising to and think unless you start there, they kind of define the platforms you listen and watch and are actually brought into. So, for instance, I'm quite an unusual beast because I do a lot in Gen Z and youth marketing. So, I'm familiar with all of the tech platforms at probably an unusually deep degree. So, people would expect me not to understand TikTok and perhaps the way I do them, how an algorithm works and how you create a million views per day with an artist. So... I am unusual, but because I I get excited by new technologies and innovation, it doesn't bother me that I have to learn how to code or have to go into a system that I don't particularly like. I mean, like Snapchat, I've always struggled with because it's the worst user journey of any of the platforms. I think it's the reason why it's fell out of love and why TikTok has killed it, really, because TikTok's journey from a user point of view is simple, it's fast and it's effective. I think people also forget what TikTok is. It's 10 seconds of fun. Yeah. And it's just genius. It just does 10 seconds of fun. And at lunchtime, when you've had a really rubbish day at work and you're going to the loo or going up with your mates, you just say, I'll just check my messages. And after that, what can I do to pick me up? Mm. I look on TikTok because I'm bouncy, bouncy, so funny from LabBurb or Unilad or Rossi, who I've followed, just people that mean the world to me. So, yeah, I think it is very possible. You just have to really get under skin of what your audience is. I think brands as well have a difficult position because whether you're running from, from an agency side or brand direct, your audience is moving Constantly they're mm. growing older or they're changing habits or they're changing, you know, life habits. Some might be more vegan at the moment and some might be yep. interested in plant foods and some might not be that interested in getting you know every alcohol dose they can they want a Heineken Zero Zero. So mm. there's these new products and services playing yep. within our lifestyles. So you have to be kind of on the moving comment with the market and the sector and your audiences. And that can be tricky.
1: I, I can imagine because the, 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 the complexity of that in my head is is enormous. If you've got multiple different audiences, multiple different behaviours, multiple different ways of talking. Talking to people. Again, does it is it still possible to launch such a a I don't know what the right word to use here is though, the the, the iconicness of, 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 of the brand that you launched for Churchill. It was consistent across everything. I I don't remember there being variants in different T V stations or different platforms or there wasn't, radio. Yeah. Now, do we actually have to do that? Because if you've got different, you know, different um, you know, reasons for for using TikTok than you do for watching TV, is there a different kind of way that that message needs to be framed?
2: Yeah, it's a good good question. I think if if your creative touches the hearts, you don't need to try too hard. So, for instance, where I find the Go Compare ads now very boring because we're done with the Welsh singer and yeah. now he's not in kind of costume, he's not singing, he's kind of being some sort of weird kind of. Google, Google Box cameo of himself, and that's not funny. Mm. The meerkats cats of me are not funny. They're you know, like pushing a yep. chair for the restaurant that's scraping across the floor, isn't funny. Yep. I think. I think people undervalue the probably storytelling of comedians to come in and help create briefs because it's the stuff that makes it funny that people go, do you know what, I like that. I don't quite know why I like it, but I just like it. And I like it for a lot longer. And Churchill's always been quite funny because of the oh no. No matter what situation he's in, Dorm French or, you know, cartoon capers, he's always just, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the one line.
1: But it made it into office culture as well. You know, I remember there was the WhatsApp, the, the WhatsApp, uh, you know everybody was doing that from the thing budweiser ad but also in in our office you know we were all probably idiots but everybody was making the churchill noises right. it was it and, really and hit. they still know it 20 years yeah.
2: 29 years I mean a 30 next year I mean it was that was 1993 so it was 19 so i was a baby i mean you know, if i if i could go back and tell myself at 19 open a marketing agency because what yeah. you're doing is actually quite good yeah don't sign the rights off I don't sign the rights off but use it as a case and the guys were really cool about that as well they were like just put it in your cb for the rest of your life because i think this is a game changer and they've remained a pioneer in financial services since that time amazing
1: amazing can you see any any brands that are building at the minute that, that may have that longevity as well
2: yeah that's a tough one i think there's a lot of boring creative at the moment i mean i look mm. at a lot of i'm across kind of Full broadcast TV, digital out of home, standard out of home, tube, print, social media. It's very few things that I I enjoy watching. I think I say this to a lot of people. Look, I come from the music industry, and honestly, you'd have thought the entertainment industry would be the funnest place to work. I'm not going to swear on this podcast, but it's one of the most boring, dull, <laughs> ridiculously hampered strictly mental health driven style of businesses I've ever worked in. It's mean, it's unhanded, it's overrated, underpaid, and exhausting. Right. But you do it because you love it. Yep. And I was I was very lucky to meet a couple of chaps Pete Tong and Judge Jules, who were doing quite well on radio, and a fabulous chap called Boy George, who came come out of kind of front stage singing mm-hmm. and um, went into DJing. Couldn't DJ very well, sorry, George. Um, but um, he put my song at Christmas number one in The Sun newspaper, so like four and a half million people that week, went and got in touch with my brand and were like, wait, what's this record? This must be good. And then Ministry of Sound, University of Music, that was the end of it. We were off. So I spent 16 years and very grateful to, the, to those kind of three people and Imagine team, Eddie and John, who will look after me, who uh, put that forward. But I think people have forgotten how to have fun within advertising mm. and creative. I think we've got very serious, far too quickly. And I call them the brand police because I've been the CMO many times. And if I get the brand police, I'm kind of like, leave the room. Yeah, Honestly, you're just a blocker to success. You always find your way through it. There are many problems and, the 100% audience is never going to like you. But if you get the 80-20, I'm cool with that. can't beat everybody. Let the 20 hate us. If the 80% are buying and we're doing the great things and we're socially good and we're changing the way the, the landscape and we're having fun as a team and our audience, I'm cool with that. Yeah.
1: Great. Well, I mean, for me, the heyday of advertising TV was a long time ago with things like Carling Black Label ads and you know, really interesting uses of even noticing then about ad breaks and how the ads would appear to be different for, for a different subject. And then they break back into Carling Black Label again. Brilliant. And then you, you mentioned the, the comedians. You know, I associate them with um, beer as well. So with Jack D yes. and with... Um, uh, Peter Kay, et cetera, you know, and, and going back even further now with, uh, Billy Connolly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for the really not good. beer beer. Um, wow.
2: I mean, is is anybody getting it right now? Are there entertaining ads? Do you think? I haven't seen one for a long while. Not stuff that's, I thought, Oh my gosh, that's really very funny. Um, But I do think there are some comedians that are really getting it right in regards to some of their content. Um, God bless Lee Evans because I miss him from the circuit because I think he was a master of his time. And when you watch some of his shows on reruns, you think, God, you know, we are missing that. And whilst I'm a big fan of Mock the Week, there seems to be a lack of investment in colour. But it's the same in the music industry. If you don't invest in talent early enough, you know, David Bowie took seven years worth of A&R investment before he was a hit. That would never happen again. Wow. And then you think about all of the talent that we're potentially missing out on if we're not prepared to make that investment, right? correct and wow. that's been my fight with the record companies that because they don't see a return on investment very quickly um, and I don't blame things like Simon Cowell and x Facts because he was associating 70% of their entire revenue at the top of his game and he's a fantastic guy he does know what he's talking about, yes he turned down the Spice Girls but you can't get it right all the time and mm. he made plenty of things work including One Direction which is exceptional as a band um, and just you know they were the case study of that decade they were how you do it and the envy of the world were like how did Sony Music pull that out the bag and yeah. it was more through the TV show but then very clever writers I mean you are we've only got a few more writers left in the world that do the kind of like ABBA style brilliant pop records and they're still going and they cost a lot of money but um investment in talent is a big thing I think in just not just brands and corporate entertainment comedy TV advertising I mean, one of the things we're doing with um, Andrew Vidler at the moment, we're on a council, including my friend Nicola, um, who's with us today. And we're there as kind of the new heartbeat of media and how this can change and what it should look like and what are the core topics for next year. I found that encouraging because rather than focus on what what went on, it's what will be going on. And let's get the trends from the trend makers Mm -hmm. and trend 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 makers. Is that a word? It is Uh, now. Mover and shakers. They're open to listening about themes before they decide an event content for the industry. Now, that's powerful because wow. you're going to drive the narrative of every TV advert, every creative campaign, every digital proposition, every platform, every influencer, every creator, every artist you put in front from Michael McIntyre, right down to Kylie Minogue. That's important. We're driving it through insight and trend rather than I think, which I've freaking hate that word i think well
1: yes uh, th- th- i'm just looking back to my notes down here at the minute and, uh, <laughs> you know the, the it was something that i wanted to so the couple of things i wanted to, to 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 mention that um but we'll get to the i think and i can i can see your anger in your face already on, on the use of that, the, oh dear, <laughs> that, sorry word. that no i like it i like it but you mentioned content and, and i wonder whether the um you know the, the way that content is being used now is is more like an advert but it, it, it's not being received or considered to be an ad but it's delivering a brand's message putting it into an interest piece of content and we do need a different word for that I really don't, I really don't like it but uh you know, they're, they're being used and consumed in completely different ways
2: will ads eventually disappear, do you think? No, I don't, no. I've always said to people that um, that huge thing in the middle of the front room, that plasma screen, whatever you want to call it, LCD, 4K, 8K, 16, it'd be 156K by the time I probably die. Um, I don't ever think that focal point's going to go because part of the family unit or part of your own, whether you're a gamer or whether you're a filmer or whether you just want to watch from anything from EastEnders to Netflix or Amazon Prime, you're going to want that central place where you can wind down or experience something different at the end or start of your day or during the day. um, And I don't think... Advertising will ever be lost from that mix. Yes, it will change in many forms. I mean, if you look at the mobile run rates, if you talk about advertising mobile, when I was at Unilad, it was 8.7 seconds scroll rate, which is quite slow. It's now 1.7. So that's
1: that, so that's like eight times faster on just flicking through content. So, yeah, so yeah. if
2: you had a mobile phone open and you caught onto the post, you'd have kind of eight seconds. You'd kind of look at the image or watch a bit of video and scroll up gently and you'd maybe look at the call to action at the bottom and then you go to the next post. That stopped happening. I bet if you watch a train, people around, you on the train when yeah. you go home tonight, people are like, whiz, stop whiz, stop whiz. They're quick. And it's about 1.7 seconds. And that's an average. That's all we've got. That's all you've got. Wow. So one of the things we did so well um at the UniLad team, Blessing, when we were there, was we, we had some mega brands come forward. But an example to give you is we had very famous... My Mention Company, Film Company, come forward, and they had this beautiful two-and-a-half-minute film trailer. Spent millions and millions. <laughs> we only want
1: the first two seconds.
2: Hundreds <laughs> of millions on this film. And I said, we only really need five seconds. Said, what do you mean? But, you know, the opening shot is of a planet, and we're scoping around the planet. Went, I'm bored. It's not working. Yeah. I shouldn't be watching it. You know, One one of the things Unilead Uni Dad did really well was we overlay text and call to action straight away. So if you're on a train or your work, because a lot of our audience were at work and they shouldn't have had it on, yeah. so they would listen to it in silence. It so was research. Yeah, so yeah. we learned that text overlay. was great to see it. And also, if you had a film like Harry Potter that annoyed your other half, but <clears throat> you know you were interested in, if you open with 0101 you immediately knew when the new Harry Potter yeah. film was coming out. So whether it was a present or you were informed about... When that next piece of advertising was going to work for you, you already sold it because the first second was the launch date. The second second would be the most fantastic piece of the scene: like a Voldemort attack, a death, an explosion, and you build excitement into a jam-packed ten seconds mm. advert with a swipe up to buy a ticket. And it it still exists, and it's it's still there, and it's doing very well. the The brands that do it well, I think if you look at some of the fashion brands, are doing really well. Quick, fast content, yeah. Great music, yep. Beautiful models, plus size, black, white, trans, yep, absolutely. Everybody's inclusive. That they're leading very well, I think, in visually creative experiences.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um, actually, we had um, Larissa Roman from um, Boohoo um, on, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, right. and, and they're doing exactly that. And, and I think that they really well, not just because they are one of my clients, but they, they are getting it right.
2: Yeah, no, they, they are. I think they're, them and JD Sports are leading the pack.
0: Selling a little or a lot?
1: You just mentioned think, um, so I'm going to go back to that a little bit. I've, I've always encouraged teams that I've worked with um, to say I don't know when the answer isn't clear, because we can all think and we can all offer opinion. But I think if you if you I think I've just done it, um, if you um, if if you present an answer as if it's true, then there could be all sorts of problems coming from that, in that you know work is done on it and that work could be wrong. So you know if you don't know, say you don't know, we'll go and find out how you do it. But I hadn't really considered how um, empowering it is to encourage people to say I know over I think how how did you get to that that little bit of wisdom because I can actually see you uh, you know kind of tensing up a little bit in the minute really
2: yeah I mean it comes from my first kind of corporate role where I I had a great CFO called John McIntosh hi John he'll love his being called out he's so shy he would absolutely hate this moment um we'll tag him and yeah and he said to me um the first person I won't do it in a Scottish accent because I wouldn't do Billy any justice (laughs) um the first person you need to make friends with as CMO is me and I said, why is that? He said, because I rule your department. He said, not in a weird way, um, but if I don't like what I see, I won't approve the budget. He says to the first person, the best advice i give you is a young marketer, recently qualified CMO. Um, you make friends with me. He said, because if we sit together and we work through why the idea is based on a business case or a trend or a bit of insight or numbers that you've seen from a report or Bloomberg, anything you're gonna get green lights from CFOs really quickly because your business case is based on a trend. He said the trend might be wrong and we still might lose. He said, but I tell you what, I'm so sick of people coming to me in sales as well. I think this is a good idea. Right, go and research it. Get me one page of business case at why you think that's worth investing in. Because if I don't see where your thinking's at and there's an evidence when one URL would do, mm. Forbes, click, right, okay, I get it. Okay, I'll I think the investment's worth a punt. And it's that thinking, when you present sales decks, obviously I run agencies as well, that client needs to go, do you understand me as a, if I'm Boots or Primark yeah. or whoever, Lush, do you understand my brand DNA? Do you know where I'm actually going? Do you Are you really worth me spending 100, 250 grand with you on this creative experience? And within what I would find the sales deck if if you find a trend or an insight piece that's relatable to the brand, particularly in a growth phase or in something like veganery, like mm. we're doing a lot of stuff around veganery at the moment because yep. it's huge, it's plant-based. Um, those kind of trends, and what's very interesting is that brand like um, Beyond Meat is not interested in anyone who's interested in them. Which right. is beautiful and brave because yeah. they're basically saying, I don't need to convert them. They're already advocates. I want to appeal to people that are pure meat eaters and say, Would you try yep. for one day in January and experience that's different? That's all I'm asking. And I was delighted with that. And when we presented some evidence trends on who that audience should be and where they lived and what they said and who, you know, bit of personas, they were like, This is great. Why doesn't everybody do this? And like, Because we don't tell you what we think, we mm. show you what we know.
1: Yes, it's lovely. Thanks. You've mentioned trend a couple of times in there. How many
2: how many people need to be doing something for it to be identified as a trend appearing? I mean, I sign up to quite a lot of newsletters. I think I spot a trend every day. Right. Because if you're talking about four or five social platforms, plus all of the hierarchy of people like the drama and campaign and broadcast, and that's just one set... If you're looking to kind of tech industries, there are different article sections. If you're looking to financial tech, that's a different set of publications. So you can spot a trend daily because you get like daily updates, newsletters, and they're really good and they're referable. But then if your brain is thinking across multiple levels around brand, agency, and client, and then customer, then you've kind of got four touch points. And it's amazing the number you can see or a piece of insight from an article you think, that's really good because that doesn't just work at pharma. That works in health yep. and actually that works in well-being. So I'll phone David Lloyd-Jims in a minute and say, have you seen this? This is really good. If you copied this but did it this way mm. and that way around, you could own that piece of the calendar. And they get really excited. And go, what a great idea. We didn't think of that. Mm. It happens to us every single week.
1: Really? That yeah. much? Good God. What, yeah. what, what trends are you seeing at the minute? Are there? Are there I'm, I'm hoping for a, a revisiting and a revival of 80s, big hair, thrash metal. <laughs> um <laughs> that's, well, a, that's a trend in my house at the moment but yeah. I don't suppose it's everywhere
2: it's probably not one I would want to see back <laughs> if I'm really honest um, I had enough of uh, living on a prayer for years and years working in nightclubs um, everyone's laughing in the studio which is funny um, no I don't see, so I think trends uh, the easiest way so it, you've got to live in kind of a so while I'm not a CMO at the moment but I have been four or five times I have to think on how that CMO has to work an audience and they normally do them by seasonality right so you start the year with New Year's Day mm-hmm. Then you have Valentine's, Easter, yep. summer, and you move into kind of Whitson, yeah, Halloween, the, the Halloween, November the fifth, yeah. Christmas, yep. right? Honestly, if you just stick to the basic calendar, plus you put in things like Festival of Light and you know some Jewish festivals yep. and all the bits that make audiences resonate throughout the year, you get probably twenty-five events that you need to plan for yesterday. Mm. There's a reason why John Lewis signed off the advert in March every year, because it takes that long to really get it across the line, and they've already thought of the idea in the first 90 days of the year. So few people plan what I would call effectively ahead in line with a seasonal calendar moment. We kind of forget it. I mean, if you include, like cyber monday and black friday huge, huge huge events and we're dealing with clients today this morning who haven't planned for it i'm like oh my god it is a month away you need to be on top of this today yeah with this campaign with this creator and do this element for your brand it's shocking so i think that rather than hairy bikers trends and alan partridge coming back oh
1: yeah but i do love his podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's really good funny that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm turning into him actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do his voice. There, there no, I'm not going to try to either. Absolutely. So okay. So so trends are important and identifying trends. I guess that might be something that you talk to number ten about every once in a while. <laughs>
2: um, yes. Um, so there's um, there's a lot of fun stuff. So my role over there is um, a advisory one. So I work for the Office of the Prime Minister. So regardless of what Prime Minister's in, I've seen four in nine and a half years which is crazy and a different topic it's crazy but... and different topic is to almost be like a voice of the consumer so I get asked to report on trends and insights i going to keep using that bloody word no. I'm bored of it now but they're basically saying what's the heartbeat of a certain segment of society what do you think if we did this would happen and also there are a lot of things that I do around homelessness which for them is enormously important as they go forward as a an institution so mm-hmm. if we can forget the prime minister at the moment as the head of state well, they're very important is there's a lot of other work they do with the royal family or charity-based organizations or ngos or the un or you know so there are many plays going on and they ask a lot of help around sport homelessness food banks um i've given insight workshops as well so we did a a piece on Snapchat once, which was around. And I did some funny stuff, so spelling mistakes on road markings, which went down really well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so cool. Yeah, and there were some great <laughs> Welsh ones that really shouldn't have been painted on the road. But it's just so rather because what I found with particular a, a certain type of business person is you can't scare them by technology. You have to encourage them to say, it's just a bit of tech. It's mm. OK. The fact that you're not on it or you don't have an account... Please don't be frightened of it. Embrace what that audience is doing on one of those channels. This is how it looks. This is how they use it. You don't have to use it, but know the journey. Just be a little bit more under their DNA around how they are going to interpret that technology because if you don't understand it, you can't enforce regulation potentially and how the usage of that works because what you propose is actually... It's just not going to work. I agree. Um,
1: And does anybody talk to them about... uh, This might be you, but talking to them about Brand Britain you know, because there's a couple of profound things that have happened in the last well in the, in the last 6 years i think if you go back to 2016 you know, brexit and then coming from there we got multiple prime minister changes We've got a death of the head of the state we went into lockdown there's a crash of the dollar all sorts of things and it's it feels like chaos it, it, can can it be can we create a brand now for, for the UK? And is, yeah, what 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 is it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I am I'm, I'm not, wouldn't say I'm the most amazing royalist in the world, but I do love our royal family. I think they're the one staple we do have. Mm. I mean, Her Majesty, I think one of the most impressive women you'll ever have been privileged to work alongside and live with as a monarch. Uh, wonderful grandmother and mother as well. And, you know, she, honestly, she got some things wrong as well in her reign. I think it's important to recognise that She was very brand-written. I mean, I've met Prince Charles. He's a wonderful man. I really like him. He's incredibly funny as well behind the scenes. And I think you need that sense of humility to kind of deal with a role so important and so impactful. And and in a way, I hope he doesn't keep his mouth shut because his stuff on the green planet and stuff that he did. And I think as well, Prince William, well, I know he's going to do some fundamentally brilliant things in the next six months. Obviously, we can't say too much, but he's a wonderful man. Very clever, really sharp. I mean, so sharp, and he was. We will not stand any nonsense. So I think Brand Britain probably lies with the royal family yep. much more than government at the moment. I think they've got a lot to sort out: debt, national living crisis, energy regulations, wars. I think Brand Britain's going to be much lower on the list because I think the public. Yep don't really recognize the value of Brand britain yet until they can heat their mum and dad and feed their kids i think that...
1: I, I agree i mean it's it, it, it's not as important as the other issues that are facing everybody at the minute you mentioned um the homelessness yes. um, can we talk about that a bit certainly can i think that's absolutely worth a plug <laughs> what
2: you are doing there to help yeah so uh nearly five years ago a chap come forward and said to me "On um, it's only me and a, a another member of team who are looking to uh, end homelessness in the United Kingdom. And I went, wow. He said, oh, we've got a partner a mission called statement. West Ham United. And I was like, you've got West Ham United? He said, yeah, the first one we signed up. And we want to run a Facebook campaign, but we don't know what we're doing. We've heard through the grapevine. You know what you're doing. Um, can you help? So we talked for about an hour and had a coffee. And he said, you know, we have a 100% success rate in rehoming youth through a program and then getting them a home. And I said, hang on, there's two of you. And he said, "Yeah, so you have a hundred percent success rate." I said, do "You know how powerful that is to a nation struggling with home surfers and real, you know, people are homeless from you know, ex army and all the rest of it." I said, "I will tell you what, I'll do more than your Facebook campaign. I'll be your CMO for the rest of your life for free, and we'll change this business into a very forward-thinking." Celebratory stuff because I said what I don't want to do with homelessness is because every charity that I see for me and um, I'm probably going to be deeply unpopular in some of these thoughts but I think celebrating how you get out of the problem is very important I agree okay. we've, we've seen for years and years deprived children sitting in muddy pools it didn't solve the problem, yep. and it doesn't solve the problem. So, yeah. But with homelessness, if we can get under the skin of it properly and then showcase how, I mean, and they still have a 100% success rate. I think we're at nine or 10,000 people now. That's astonishing. I mean, we're approaching 50% of all premiership clubs, PFAFL. We've just signed a huge, huge deal. I can't tell you what it is. But is it, it Wickham Wanderers? It's bigger than that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Welling United. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. But there's a global deal in play that we'll be able to talk about early next year. Amazing. And it will see a massive end to some of the problems we faced as one of the merit charities. And we work with Crisis with all of them, but the fact that we've come from like a, a regional suburb and are changing people's lives from really 16 to 25, but we want to extend that to 30 and then move into homes. So we're working on a project around Brownfield Homes where we can have flatback homes built so people and homeless have an address because without an address you can't get a job or a bank account. So there's a whole process around that we're working very closely with a few exceptional partners. Um, though I'm very, it, It's very humbling to come away from something after four years and 11 months roughly and three hours and 16 days um, where you can truly say you've added value but you've done it for no cost. You just genuinely try to change lives. And it's wonderful when you meet them and they, they kind of thank you, get welled up. It's really emotional. And I just think, wow, you know, if the reason I go to my grave has been to get this charity to a number one and we genuinely bury the stigma around homelessness and end homelessness, it would be amazing. I'm done. Absolutely. I'm good. Churchill's on the back foot with that one.
1: Absolutely, so it totally <laughs> drops down a place in your CV. Unfortunately, it does. What yeah. is the name of the charity? It's the Street Soccer Foundation. The Street Soccer Foundation, brilliant. Well, and I don't know what we can do to help, but anything that we can do to help, I'm a Wigan Wanderers fan, obviously. So, <laughs> so, if there's an introduction that you need to be made there, I'd be happy to. Hundred percent. I'm sure they're part of the EFL League. <laughs> wow. So. You have many fingers in many pies, it seems, and it seems that everything is going so fantastically well at the minute, which which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You also mentioned that you have um, your dad of two.
2: Yes, I do, yes. How old are they?
1: um sawyer is three and a half and summer is a year and two months so it's a little bit early to be kind of thinking about are they going to follow in daddy's footsteps 100 yeah that, that's already done oh yeah, they yeah. are
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean Sawyer's is a very practical boy he's, he's going to be highly academic he's very intelligent Summer's very laissez-faire um a bit more chilled um who knows but i think he'll do exceptionally well in academia and she'll probably fly with arts or creativity amazing so those two skills together combined could be a, a powerhouse in the industry moving forward you never know you not never that know. i want to be like the murdochs because there's a whole program about them that doesn't thrill me with joy but mm. um yeah if we can impart as parents um a beautiful platform for them to flourish and whatever they want to do then they'll have it at their fingertips amazing well good
1: luck with that thanks um i have my <laughs> own baby uh <laughs> segue here that might get edited out but passion is a media agency we've only just launched right or, or launched it in um in march of this year and fashion, entertainment, and leisure categories and it's Great. going and it's interesting and this is why I wanted to talk to you because you embody all of those things. For a media agency, a fledgling media agency that's just getting going, what advice would you give us? What What do we have to do that will help us get where we need to go?
2: Yeah, I'd focus on a niche. Okay. There's some really cool niches out there that don't get enough um, respect and attention. If you look at some of the fashion, there's a, a fashion company watching um, Victoria's CEO of it, and they do disability and fashion. and it's I think it's an unsung hero <clears throat> because I've been to a few fashion events with her. And um, <clears throat> it's amazing when you see the stuff brought to life and disabled people are basically saying, did you know that I can't dress myself? And I'm like, oh, my God, like this is 2022, nearly 23, and we still can't dress people. It's not the Victorian ages. Mm. So there are some really cool niches that are getting the right kind of exposure to the right audiences so you can focus really hard down. I think as well, there are a lot of the fashion brands, particularly now in the Western world, it's working particularly around religion and, and headwear and stuff and bringing that into fashion. That's, I think, a niche that's not going to be a niche for much longer. That's going to be a mainstream, real big one. Um, and again, seasonality drives a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I think as well, I see I'm MD of Alpha Talent Group, they do a lot in the creator space. Those guys can really accelerate campaigns. They really can help you guys find... Creative ideas without a creative agency cost can put you with talent that's trackable with um, URLs and numbers to die for. Millions of viewers in some of our talent. Um, see we recently signed Tommy Fury, the boxer. Um, he's amazing. And there are lots of... Areas where people want to be much more authentic. So rather than just where perhaps influencers in the past, that's what they used to call, we now call them creators, would take a lot of money for a hair or makeup tutorial. That's kind of stopping, and brands are choosing, particularly fashion as well, are if a creator is wearing the right hoodie, um, it's the name of brand, Gymshark or Grenade, yep. and Grenade see that the influencer creator of celebrities wearing a grenade top they're naturally going to get an affinity again back to c m o my c m o hat and it's like we should be working with them because. We've not paid them to do anything yet. So they've actually got a natural love for our clothing, our style, our fit, our colours, our branding. So let's work with those on a social media series, for example, and reach out. So I think there's kind of two way streets with that. But I think niches are a great way to start. They're less expensive to get going off the ground, which is what you want to hear. You don't need to advertise so much. They've got some really nice ground seed budgets that are doable for your team and for theirs. So you're not 50, 60, 70, thousand of pounds. It's unachievable at a small uh, start out place. Um, and I'd be quite aggressive around how you promote yourself, how the case studies, we're big on case studies yep. at the moment, right. They are your sales tools to die for. You're going to live and die. And them. whether you're on stage in Web Summit with Paddy, yep. whether you're at Media Madfest or a MediaCom you know, or a, a Dentsu, people want to know, what did you do? What did you do differently? And what would you do next year? And they kind of want to get under the skin of how you came up with the idea. What were the risks associated? What did success look like? Were there any curveballs? And there always are. And you have to be honest. So, yeah, it it was a bit of a shizzle show. Everything is a curveball. It was a shizzle show at some point. But how we rescued it was this and this and this. And the client remained happy and they'll buy from us again. It's okay to have a rubbish day. They are too. It's not just your team. Yeah. Okay. I'll take all of that on board.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, you, you, so alpha talent, is that where the thumb stopping content comes from? It is. Yeah. Oh, what a phrase. Is that the, the talent agency or is that the, the marketing agency? So that's the talent, talent agency. Yeah. But you are also producing some great creative at the minute as well. I mean, particularly the centrum campaign.
2: I really liked that's correct. Yeah. So a previous role, group managing director of Preen and cherry duck. Um, we won the best, uh, GSK award for diversity. It yep. was a great badge to win. Absolutely. Um, and we came up with two campaigns. One was really out there and one was very safe. Uh, good example of where a brand comes in and goes can't do that like we love it we really but if we did that we're probably gonna be in trouble so they went with a safer campaign so centrum went with that globally and then a month later we won the best social media campaign with the tokyo olympics which is a good example of thumb-stopping content because it was 200 assets five languages 15 different styles of edits per seven platforms including the chinese ones And we had to shoot really a 30-second commercial, then cut it into 25, 20, 15, and 10. So it was really impactful. Music, style, again, all of the casting was done very um, succinctly. So we represented the multiple audiences from D&I, Black and Brown, Pure Diversity. And also it was shot under Ad Green and Albert. So it was done sustainably, renewable energy, there were e-cars used, and not petrol cars. We used uh, water in glasses, not Starbucks cups. So we were, we were already creating carbon reports over a year ago, heading towards that B Corp status. So sustainability for me is at the heart of what we do in creativity now as yeah. a brand and thinking forward. Even to the point where globally we've been working on campaigns, we've not sent crews from London or California. We've sent them from South Africa because they're in South Africa. Yeah. So, because it's important to brands that we measure the report or the impact of how carbon are you? Because yeah. we're rubbish at it as a nation, yep. and so is the States, and so is Brazil and yeah. Asia. But if you can be 1% better this year and 2% better next year, you will really solve a climate crisis.
1: But you're putting it front and center. It's not just like greenwashing it. Can't it, be it, taboo. No, absolutely. it's and not it, taboo. It, And these it, are real things Ad yeah. Green, Albert, Sustainability,
2: yeah. and obviously B Corp is the next big one. But they really are genuinely trying to manage the creative industries. Um, to be more ethical right across the board around energy and carbon footprint. is so important. Wow,
1: amazing. Again, I say, you know, you've got many fingers in, in many pies. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't really want to ask this question, but, but, Go on, what, then. but what's next? Oh, <laughs> you know?
2: no. Um, I'm running for president. Okay. No, <laughs> I'm really not. Um, what's next? That's a great question. So I've recently been signed by London Literature Agent as an author. Okay. And I, it's all about the paranormal. Um, and it's got some excellent feedback already. Um, so I'm going to try and spend a lot more time being pure creative than just corporate board. Okay. But what I'd tell my 18-year-old self, going back to her first question, is just be kind. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tangent. Just just, just <laughs> yeah. be resilient and kind and be that life kind of coach to that person because I believe you don't need to go through staff every year. I think that's a bad trend that we've hit with LinkedIn. If you look at the 10 years of yeah. MDs and CEOs, they've gone from 4.8 years to under two. Yeah. I think that's a massive shame skill set and no. the cost of recruiting people really is insane it's, 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 i agree it's insane Absolutely, so invest in your people but have a great ceo who kicks ass yeah. and, and just it just you can call them and go i need 10 minutes have you got yeah. 10 minutes absolutely come and see me yeah.
1: those guys are gonna fly i agree we, we had karen stacy in here who's the ceo of dcm digital cinema oh, Media, wow. um, last week and she said be tough on the issue but be kind on the people so, um, you know, it, it's nice to see the sort of trends
2: appearing in, in our conversation. <laughs> that word well.
1: again. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go.
2: <laughs> so that would be next to me. I'm going to keep an open mind, but I'm going to try and impart. I mean, I've got kind of 40 years left or so on the planet. Hopefully I can do another Churchill. Hopefully I can do another UniLad, Hopefully I can do something amazing. So millions of consumers can benefit from the work I do, and you
1: have a shelf somewhere at home that is absolutely <laughs> laden with awards. I take it. You
2: know, generally, I don't. I've like we've not long moved home. I didn't put any of my studio back together. My gold discs are still in boxes, so no, I haven't. Wow. So I haven't. I, I don't know. Your I den, should, your den must do. look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old studio was amazing. We had some great artists come in, very famous people, and they would walk in and go, "Okay, you probably know what you're doing." I was like, well, I hope so. Wow. <laughs> and when's the book out? Um, we're looking to sign in the next six months. Excellent. So that will be a year and a half, but it will launch on Halloween because it's course. about ghosts and paranormal. Yeah.
1: And you've, so. done, you've done like you know, the, the, the multiple media uh, deal with that? and Yeah, it'll Excellent. be a
2: hexology It's six books. A the first hexology. one's done, the second one's in process, so we're already talking around rights, theme parks, got a brand new merchandise is a new version of a dinosaur that's brand new, trademarked, so brand new, mer- so think of where the Ewoks come every turn wow. of God. I've created a brand new, so not just, there's no kind of wizards, which is no. it's it's nothing like it's been done, this is brand new, a piece like the dog, right? Yeah. Try and create a space that no one's in, create a space that everybody will enjoy, and go with the trends, you know, Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, all of the sequels they're all, there's hundreds of millions of dollars going into creativity around this section, but Ghosts and paranormal sometimes outperform sport right. on a number, on a Facebook page. I work with Facebook quite a lot. And they say to me that paranormal, it's the amount of stuff they watch. So as a viewing statistic, they outperform soccer quite regularly. Right? Wow. As Because they're a tribe. Yeah. So the fact you've hit a paranormal audience that data-driven. People will love that at the CFO level. Back mm. to my CFO is you need to buy this because it works. Good God. When do you sleep? I don't. Okay. There's no point. <laughs> no point.
1: <laughs> we we could actually bring this back to Bon Jovi and say you'll sleep when you're dead, right? Ah, living on <laughs> <in> a prayer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much oh, for you. coming in and being so energetic and... And, and wow, and diverse with everything that you're doing and saying. It's, it's incredible. Just trying to be me. And well, thanks for
2: being a perfect host. Well, what a delight to have with someone
1: out. So that?
2: knowledgeable. Yeah, scrap that. Let's <laughs> do some bleeps. Imagine I've lost my temper. <laughs> Thank
1: thanks you. Thanks very much. Absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to Let's Do the Right Thing in association with Radio Works, the UK's largest independent radio advertising agency. Let's Do the Right Thing is a Maple Street creative production.